If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Greetings, everybody. This is your host, Maddie Moon, and welcome to episode 108 of the Mind Body Musings podcast. Today's guest is Anne-Sophie Reinhardt. Anne-Sophie Reinhardt serves entrepreneurs, coaches, and highly ambitious women who want out of their destructive relationship with food and their bodies by helping them to respect their body wholeheartedly. She is a certified Martha Beck life coach and eating psychology coach, founder of the award-winning blog and podcast Escape Diet Prison, successful speaker, and workshop leader with clients all over the world. After a 14-year-long battle with food and her body, she successfully healed her relationship with herself and is now passionate about helping others find the peace, freedom, and happiness she enjoys every day. An expert in her field, she has been quoted extensively on popular media and is a regular speaker on issues surrounding women's body image. Her story and message has been the focus of national Swiss documentary, and she has been a guest on Swiss and German national TV. How cool is that? Her work has also been published on sites such as the Huffington Post, Institute for the Psychology of Eating, Wild Sister, and She Takes on the World. Today's chat with Anne-Sophie was phenomenal. We talked about so many different things, including binge eating, restriction, um, being a mother and raising children, to respect and love their bodies, how to talk about your kids' bodies, um, decisiveness, just so many awesome topics were covered in this episode. So I'm really excited to head over to that. Before we do that though, um, today I just want to give a shout out to the show sponsor and that is, as many of you probably know by now, the Day One app. It's a journaling app that is very simple, elegant, and intuitive. I love to use both the computer and the phone version for capturing the details of my life, including traveling, my body image thoughts, even sometimes full-on blog posts. So the reason why I was so attracted to this is because I love to be able to type things when I want to type them, no matter where. I am. Being a minimalist, sometimes it's a little bit hard because I don't like to carry pen and paper around with me everywhere as much as I love pen and paper. And I don't really enjoy writing out my thoughts using pen and paper. I much prefer typing them, hence creating a blog. So it was really cool whenever I was introduced to day one because I was able to start journaling immediately, no matter where I was, even if I was still in bed. I'd have my phone right there and I could just journal out what I'm grateful for or attach a picture and talk about an event that happened in my life or let out some emotions that I have building up. So it fixed the problem of me not really wanting to write with pen and paper and also I get to keep on my minimalistic lifestyle. So I love day one. I've been really enjoying all of the different comments people have been sending my way about why they're using it, how it is simple, how they're enjoying writing down uh, three things they're grateful for on the app every morning, all these different really fun ideas. So keep sending them my way. I love reading them and I love trying them myself. And check out day one if you haven't yet. You can get it in the Apple App Store or the Mac App Store depending on which one you like, if not both. So big news today, I am so excited to announce that my course, Scripture Food and Healing, has now been open for registration again. I finished up the second launch of it a little bit earlier this year, and now I'm ready for the third launch of the course. By now it has been very much changed around and edited and perfected so that I really feel proud of this, this course out there. So what is Scripture Food and Healing? Well, it is a six-week program that will completely transform the relationship you have with both Christ and your body. If you're someone that is both religious or a Christian and you're going through some disordered eating recovery, then you've probably wished you could somehow combine the two, but there isn't anything out there to help you do it. This was such a frustrating thing for me because God was such a huge part of my recovery process. I kept trying to feel, fill this hole in my heart with stuff, with exercise, with food, and eventually when I was working out of that, it became 
my self-worth in other places and then it became through my actions, how good I am as a person and then when I worked through that, it became something else, my job, my business, kept jumping from one thing to another and I kept trying to fill this hole in my heart until I finally realized I don't need to prove anything. I am worthy simply because my God is worthy and I want other people to be able to have these same realizations and to be able to strengthen their relationship with Christ as they strengthen the relationship with their food and their body image. So I'm running this course again. I'm so excited. I've received so many emails the past couple months from my followers, from you wonderful fans asking when is the course going to be open. I wasn't planning on opening it this soon, but I decided I'd rather have this open now while it's still summer than wait until the fall because What's a better time to work on your relationship with food, your body, and your spiritual life than summer? I think it's a wonderful time. So the program will officially start on August 22nd. But right now, it is open for registration, and that is because there's an early bird price. The price is normally $4.97, and for right now, it's $2.97. So if you want to get $200 off, you can sign up by going to scripturefoodandhealing.com. There will be a link to that on the show notes for this episode. And if you have a friend, if you and a friend want to join together, then message me and I'll give you an even bigger discount. So I'm doing this for people who want to do it as partners because there are accountability partners in the group. So if you already want to sign up for this with a friend at your church or a friend that you know is going through recovery as well, a friend who's already an accountability partner in your life and you'd like to do this course together and you want to spend the next six weeks diving into the word and listening to some amazing Bible study calls that are in the course, grab a friend. Y'all two shoot me an email and I'll give you another uh I'll give you a coupon code you can use to sign up for another discount. Would love to see you there. If you have any questions, concerns, tomatoes to throw at me, whatever it may be, you can send that at hello at maddiemoon.com. So I am ready for this episode because I'm so excited, but uh, I almost forgot. We have to talk about the review of the week. This one comes from Little Bit. 2010. Seriously, could Wednesday get any better with five stars? It's been nearly two years since I last wrote a review for this podcast. I've listened since the start and I've listened to Maddie grow from wanting to just get away from the craziness of the fitness industry to becoming this incredible guru about self-love. It's incredible to think about how much she has grown and how the podcast has molded itself into what it is now. I especially love how she found herself through her faith and wasn't afraid to say it. Not many do that these days. Currently being in the fitness industry, when I find myself having hateful thoughts, I think about Maddie and listen to an episode to remind myself who I am and what it is I'm wanting to do. You go, girl. Can't wait to see how you grow more. Oh, thank you so much, little bit, for following me for so long. I just love that so much. And, you know, it's funny you wrote that because I was thinking um, the other day about this about this video I did on my first YouTube channel. So you won't find it on my YouTube channel now, but I was watching this video that I did long ago, like three years ago, not three years, yeah, three years ago, it was in 2013. And this video is of me talking to my, my then weight loss fans when I was still in the weight loss world about how I love fitness and fitness is my life, but I feel like I need a change. And, you know, I was saying all this stuff before the podcast was even out, but watching this video was so eye-opening because I was watching myself, uh, a girl that was at the time 15 pounds, 20 pounds lighter than I am now, talking about how much she loved fitness but how confused she was. In the video, I'm literally saying, I need to find my way. I love fitness. It's everything to me, but something's wrong. Something feels off and I'm not sure what it is. So you guys follow along my journey as I take a step back from what's what I'm doing and invest my time and my life into something new. And that was three years ago and being able to watch that girl just be able to grow. It's a awesome thing. So for anyone that is going through this journey, I highly recommend you are journaling or you are videoing just for your own pleasure, your own viewing pleasure later down the line. And you can see how much growth you've had. You don't have to start a podcast or start a public blog, but just be documenting what you're going through. Not only is it releasing the shame that you're building up when you're going through things you feel like are weird or crazy, but you're also able to document this so important journey in one day if you feel like putting it public, then other people can benefit from it as well. So thank you so much for 
for anyone who has been following my journey for that long, it's just it's such an honor to be in your lives. Seriously, that's such an honor to me. And I will never take that for granted. So thank you for inviting me into your ears and into your life. So without further ado, let's go listen to the insight and the beautiful wisdom that Anne-Sophie has for us today. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I am here with Anne Sophie Reinhardt, and this is going to be episode 108 of the podcast. Wow, I'm so happy to be able to say that 108 episodes. Anne Sophie is someone that I have been following for quite a while now. She's been at this beautiful game of body love for years and she's just always putting out beautiful content very relatable so this i feel like this episode is really 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 overdue but it's here and i'm so excited for it and welcome to the show Anne sophie thank you so so much for having me like you know i can only say the same obviously about you and how cool 108 i am a former losty huge lost fan so 108 is a huge number in lost um, that means good luck, I guess, it's something. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. You know, I have a friend who's like obsessed with loss and he has a shirt that's like, it says like, stay calm and press and then the whole stream of numbers. Like, exactly. He would be super excited about that. It just made me think of him because I love Lost too. It's a great show. It's just it's so suspenseful. Oh yeah, it was, was a ride, I think, for quite a while there. So you live in Germany, right? Yes. Where I live in Germany. Um, it's called Mannheim. I actually am not. I live in the city. I've been living here for six months, four months now. Um, but I come from a really, really teeny tiny town and um, grew up here and then went all over the world. And now I'm back because I have a son now, right? Family. So it's like I want to be close to my family. And then, um, yeah, oh, I came back here. So cool. So did you do kind of what I'm doing? Just like pick up and start traveling around, really not even know where you're going next, just heading for it? Is that what you did? No, I wasn't that brave. Oh, it's, oh, not, that's even, pretty cool. it's not even being about brave. It's just like, uh, I don't even know what the word would be. It's just wanting to you're feel, welcome. yeah, explorative. Yeah. Well, I was always drawn to the U.S. So I went to high school in the U.S., um, went back for college for a little bit, then lived in New York a little bit. And then I lived in Zurich in Switzerland quite a while. Um, so that was me, but I've always been traveling. So, right. Even though I haven't stayed in the, like in, in Bali or in, in Australia, I've always been visiting, um, because it's just, I don't know, there's something about traveling, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's stolen my heart. That's so cool though. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like going to high school in America is brave. I mean, I think that's pretty brave. I don't know what it's like in Germany, but that would be my point of view. So anyways, um, I'm so excited to dive into your background and your story. So can you just start from where this all began with your your weight journey, your food journey, and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, it's a long story. So when I was, I think, about 9 or 10 years old, I started a diet. I was a little bit of a chubby child and some adults in my life had told me that, right? They were like commenting on my weight, commenting on my breasts at this age. And I was really self-conscious at this time. And so I, you know, said, okay, you know, if you tell me I'm fat, I'm just going to diet. And I began, you know, very innocently by 
exercising and not eating after lunch time very innocently but um it really quickly turned into an eating disorder and me really obsessing about my body really obsessing about what i ate how much i ate when i ate and throughout the years i lost all of my friends right because i wasn't able to go to parties i wasn't able to go celebrate birthdays because i couldn't eat at night i couldn't have pasta and i couldn't you know do what what usual normal teenagers do and so i really isolated myself i was a very active child i was a very creative child before i started dieting and i you know was always out i was always dancing i played many instruments and was just always really doing things and slowly and slowly and slowly you know just focusing on the food i was you know my entire world was just about eating not eating binging not binging all these things and exercising and it was obviously really painful and so over the years i became thinner and thinner and then i gained a lot of weight in a very short amount of time and then i went back to being really anorexic and had you know was very depressed and it really took about 14 years for me to get through all of this and to realize that what i was doing wasn't working <laughs> what i was doing was a little bit more painful than actually you know it was worth it i think and you know even though i got so much praise at the beginning mind you i was a child right nine or ten years old for losing weight and everyone even my grandma told me how great i looked and how you know i had so much willpower and i was so disciplined and how they really wished they they could do what i did um and i really took this in right i was like i said i was although i was always out there and i was always doing things i still wanted approval and i still wanted to be seen as um a great child and so you know hearing all my adult all these adults in my life say these things was just like the best um which obviously drove my behavior even more and made it harder for me to admit that i was that i had a problem and that this was not working for me and that you know something was wrong but also at this time conversations about eating disorders and struggles with food weren't really that big not as big as you know thankfully there today um and so i didn't know that this was actually an issue i was just thinking right this is me this is my life this is what i'm doing so i just have to basically suck it up and be you know okay with it deal with it in some way and um i think when i was you know at the end of my eating disorder the world was finally starting to open up about this and 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 really talk about the issues women have around food more and more and more and there were more books and more um conversations and the online world was just starting to really grow and be big and so that gave me the, an opportunity to see that i'm not alone <laughs> i was not alone in doing this and actually you know there unfortunately so many women who struggle with this but this for me uh, just gave me the hope hope that all right if other women have struggled with this and other women have been able to recover maybe i can do it too and so when you know i think 5 or 6 years ago now i admitted myself to a treatment facility and recovered not in the facility but um you know through lots of therapy lots of coaching lots lots of writing internal work and lots of just figuring it out right step by step i um i healed and now i can really say that i'm completely free of the struggle and completely free of the obsession with my body with my weight with weighing myself in the morning and all these things that we do and it's just i mean my life is is i can't compare it to what it's been for all of these years and so through you know because i've struggled with this um and because i know how painful it is i talk about it really openly right mm. um yeah no oh my gosh yes this oh my gosh just goosebumps i love your story <laughs> i want to ask you about being completely free like what that actually looks like but before i get there i had to say that out loud so i don't forget before <laughs> i get there okay 9 or 10 doing your first diet that's shocking but not too shocking because i'm now meeting parents who are saying, "Oh, my child won't eat her dinner because she's scared of getting fat." Mm. Or, 
oh, I found my child wearing a belt around her waist, tightening it to the as tight as it could possibly go, squeezing in her stomach, saying like that hopefully this belt will make her thinner. Like I mean, <laughs> six years old. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. So you being nine or 10, where, wh- how are you introduced to this concept of w- weight loss is the answer? <laughs> yeah. My, the women in my life, <laughs> mm-hmm. seriously, it's been all like my mom, my aunt, my grandma, Everyone was just talking about this, right? It's like always weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. I ate too much. Tomorrow I'm not going to eat. These things that women say sometimes subconsciously, but really just awful, awful things, you know, about just beating themselves up over and over and over again. And so it was, for me, that was just it, right? I mean, people tell me I gain, you know, I gain a lot of weight or I almost weigh as much as an adult or even though, right, I was not overweight, right? Um, I had a little bit of baby fat, but that, you know, I was 10. <laughs> um, and so for me, it was just like my brother was dieting too at this age. And he he's three years older and my sister was struggling. And so it was just a thing in our family, a thing we did. And we people talked about, right? So it was just present, um, which unfortunately made me think that this is what I need to do. Mm, Okay. And now that you're a mother yourself, how do you raise your, your child to not have these beliefs? Like obviously language is a huge deal, but you can't control everything. You can't control what they hear at school. You can't control, you know, what your partner says or all of these different factors when a situation, if a situation has ever been presented where your son has said something about weight or has said something about um, body image or girls, how do you handle these situations? It would be great if you had a specific example, but if not, just in general, advice for parents. Sure. To my son's two. He hasn't said anything yet about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, that's pretty um, <laughs> I have to be honest, for me, not to comment on his body. And I mean, he's only two years old and he just woke up, but he's only two years old. Um, he has not, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really grasp it. But for me, I have to be really conscious of not commenting on his body because it's something not, I don't do it disparagingly, right? But I do it like, um, with his belly and we do, we do these things. So it's being really conscious with your language and being really conscious with what are you trying to achieve here, right? I think that is the very first thing for parents. And then walk the talk, right? Just if you don't want your children to to struggle with food, then work on your own relationship with food. Heal your relationship with food. Stop saying, I need to lose weight. Or when you look in the mirror, stop calling yourself fat or telling yourself how you know, how you don't like what you see and how you need to, to change this and need to exercise and need to, you know, all these things that we say, do it, either just do it. Right. Or, um, stop talking about it, I think. And I know that's, that's a little bit harsh, but it is the reality because children pick things up so easily. I had a conversation with my mom about how her words, Oh my God, they, they made me almost freak out and be so scared because she's 30 or so years older than I am. And I always thought that, you know, if she is so conscious of her body and wants to take care of her body so much, then I, because I'm so much younger, I have to make triple an effort and be, you know, so much better because I obviously have to be better than my mom. So, you know, whatever you say as a parent and not just moms, obviously, but whatever you say, be really conscious of that and take it seriously. And you do have an effect on your children and you do have an effect on their behavior with food and struggle around their body image. So it's not just something that you can say, okay, I'm going to do later, but it's really a responsibility, I think. And I actually, so I wanted to have a girl. It was like, I want a girl so much. I don't know what I'm going to do with a boy. And (laughs) Now I have to be honest, I'm, I'm relieved. I mean, I will have more children, but I'm relieved that I have a boy because girls have so many more struggles already, right? Just 
I look at my cousins and they're still very young and they say the same thing, right? I'm, I'm scared of being fat. People call me fat. Um, and it's, I think it's all about resilience. It's about, about helping them to see that it's not about their body. It's about helping them to see their worth in themselves, right? And not in, in food and not in their body. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Okay. <laughs> and then what about this question popped in my head? What about commenting on bodies in general at all? Like, what do you think if, if a mother tells a daughter, you look, you know, beautiful, or you look great in that outfit, or if they mm. have a self-conscious thought and they say, oh, I look ugly, you say, no, you look wonderful. Like, are those things okay to say? Or do you need to like, coach your child and say, well, why do you feel that way? Like, I, I you know, I'm just so curious yeah. about these things on, on what's the right path or there's no right and wrong. What's the most beneficial path, I guess? Oh, that's a good question. Oh my God. Um, I have to be honest. I tell my son he looks cute and beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I would be hypocritical for me to say, don't do it. But it is a fine, it is a fine line, right? It is not um, so I think just use your intuition, right? When it, when you feel like, okay, something's really going on here when they say, you know, oh God, I, you know, I look crappy or I don't, you know, I don't look as great as the other girls or then talk with them, right? Really have an honest conversation. But sometimes, sometimes it's just, you know, the band-aid helps when you say, no, 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 right? You look really great and they just need a pep talk or they need a little boost of, you know, self-confidence in that moment. Um, but just always check in with yourself too and remind yourself of what it was like for you as a child, right? Or a little, little girl and then see what you would have wanted. And I think that helps a lot too. So, um, I don't think my mom ever told me I look beautiful. It's not something Germans do, I think. Um, so we don't really, we really don't have this. Uh, this way of relating, you know, when it comes to saying you're beautiful, we all, you know, we have other ways of saying that. But so that for me was not a big factor. I mean, maybe if she had told me more, I would not have felt so self-conscious. I really don't have the answer, but it is about using your intuition and checking in with yourself and then seeing, I mean, there's always going to be probably a better way or sometimes you make the right decision and sometimes you make the wrong decision. So it's not about beating yourself up in that moment, but just doing what in the moment you feel is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And to add to that, I think it's always just a balance. Like there is nothing wrong with complimenting your children on external appearance, but there's also more like, yes, yeah. you look great. You're also so smart. You're also exactly. such a good friend. You're also so loyal. Like there's just more to it. I think that's yeah. really one of the bigger pictures that people miss out on is, you know, I was raised in a family that definitely does complement all the different things, but there was a lot of emphasis on beauty. And I think that was partly because like we're daughters and I come from a very, very large Southern family and, <laughs> you know, all blondes, all dating a guy at some point. And our grandfather just has so much like pride and all that he's created, which I don't blame him like him and his, and my grandma created a huge family and it's just mm -hmm. a very close, close, close family. But I think there is a lot of just when I, now that I'm out of it and I, I hear the, the conversations, there is a lot of talk about beauty and makeup and outfits and up and coming things and this and this and this. And it's just so overwhelming because there's so much of it, so much of it. And I think there's nothing wrong with loving makeup and loving to wear an outfit that you feel well in and to, to feel beautiful. I think everyone loves that, but there's more. I think we need to focus more on intellectuals and like the beauty of, of other things, of, of life, of travel, of adventure, of stepping out of your comfort zone and, and like being proud of our children for those things yeah. and not letting them feel like they have to earn your, your, your comments on them by doing them. Like it's just so many different elements, but I feel like it's great to be able to comment on 
your children's work ethic, but not only whenever they have great work ethic, but also when they fail and to talk about those failures and how they can launch you forward in life and then talk about the comments other kids make about each other's bodies and ask, why is that happening? I wonder what's going on. And like, just kind of talk to your kid like they're an adult. Like, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, they're not... Like they're not dumb and they, I think the sooner you start talking to them and presenting to them with these situations, these real life situations and talking about failures and successes and societal pressures and asking questions, like why not try that? Why not try try talking to your kid? Like they're not just this kid. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a parent, but sounds like a good path to try. (laughs) 100%. 100%. No, I could not agree more. And it's funny you say, right, don't just comment on appearances, but also comment on your wits or intelligence or whatever. And I was talking about this with um, on a coaching call last night, how it's almost an insult for women to, you know, to be called like, and then there's the smart one, right? So we have the pretty one, mm. beautiful one, and then there's this one. And that's not, that should not be the case at all, right? Um, but it, but it's been for many, many years. And it, I think it still has this bad rap that either you're beautiful, and I totally disagree with that, right? Either you're beautiful or you're smart. And, um, or if you're, you're funny. Smart, yes. Oh, God. It's the worst. But, um, so yes, we have to. I mean, language creates reality, right? And we have to, for children. So we do have to turn this around and be more conscious of it. 100%. And to switch gears a little bit, I I love that we talked about that. I think that's just so beautiful. But to switch gears, I want to talk about you being completely free. Like when I hear that, I'm like, what, what? Completely free. (laughs) So amazing. So are you saying that you don't have really any thoughts at all about body image or, oh, should I go for the quinoa or the white rice or like thoughts (laughs) like that? Like, do you not have those or you do have them? They're just not like, don't affect you much. What is going on there? So I don't think that I have, I actually don't have the food thoughts anymore. Like, you know, I shouldn't be eating this or I shouldn't have the chocolate or I should have the salad instead. What I still have and I'm, yeah, is the fat days, right? Sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh God. Um, or when I, maybe it's not even when I look in the mirror, but when I put on jeans or just days where I don't feel all that hot in my body. Um, but it doesn't affect me anymore, right? It's like, all right, what's going on? Is there something in front? I just feel fat today. And that, um, that is okay, right? I, I overeat sometimes. Sometimes I skip meals because I forget and then I'm like, oh, I have a headache. So, but it's all in this, I don't care so much anymore, mm-hmm. right? I don't care if I, feel fat today, right? It's just, it is, most of the time, it's just something going on in my life where I'm dissatisfied. It's, um, so I, I had a little bit too much to eat. I feel a little bit crappy right now, but, you know, I'm just going to move on with my life, right? I exercise. It's not that I sit on, on the couch all, all day long, which oftentimes is what I hear, right? If I don't care about this anymore, I'm just going to be um, eating all day long and not moving. I I have a healthy and balanced relationship with food and I eat health, a healthy and balanced diet, whatever you want to you know call that, but I eat what I want. It's not that I force myself to to have a smoothie every morning because I don't like them or to drink green juices. I really am not a fan of those things, but I have my veggies and I have my you know um I have protein and I eat carbs, lots and lots and lots of carbs. I'm German. And I'm fine with whatever I eat. And I listen to my body and I listen to my appetite and I listen to my hunger, but I don't obsess about it. So it's just, there's this ease that I never had. And I actually, you know, I always, I didn't eat for like six days and then I binged on the seventh. And there's none of this anymore where I like say, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to restrict now because on Sunday, I may have a birthday coming up and, you know, we're going to eat a lot. So I'm not going to eat today or Christmas is coming up. So I'm going to go on a diet and all these crazy things that I did. They're just not in my mind anymore. And food is not, and food and my body and my weight is not, um, present. So I focus on other things. And so if, 
and I think really the food stuff is is gone. Like there's freedom, but should I have a thought about you know I better not eat this? I'm like, I'm eating this because I want to eat it right now. Um, and if I feel stuffed, I stop right, or if I feel full, or if I don't want it anymore, I'm just gonna stop eating because I know that I can have something else when I want. Right? It's not. This is not going to be my last meal, which I which you know for so many years. It was. And so, yeah, that's, that's my reality sometimes. And, and right now, and I do, I think there's, I always grow more, right? When I look back now to my relationship with food three years ago, I wasn't as free as I am now and as confident in my body as I am now. So it's sure I still learn and I still grow in that, but I've never been freer as I am right now. So it's just a pretty, I mean, you know, right? It's a pretty awesome feeling and it's mm. just like your life changes. It really does. I think we're in very similar places because to me, I'll, I'll do the same. I don't really have the food thoughts as much anymore, but you know, same as you, like the body stuff. And to me, it, like I, I always know what it, what it means to like, yeah. whenever I have a bad glance in a mirror, like I know it means more than than like what would meet the eye. It actually means I'm feeling insecure about something. I'm feeling stressed about something. Something in my life is is not feeling like it's under my control and I'm taking it out of my body. And and then I when I think about those things, I'm like, oh my gosh, like changing the way things are sounds so exhausting. And if I were to ever just get back on board with a diet, like I know I would get off it fairly quickly. So why not just save myself all of that hassle of the planning and the body shaming and trying to fit myself into societal's ideals and all that and just like move on with my day and drop it. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like the perfect path. And then I forget, like really that worked for me. Like if I ever have these bad body image moments, I'm like, that sounds gross. Like I just don't like all of that just sounds so not fun. And I just know, like, I know I can't do that anymore. Mm -mm. So then I go on and yeah. I do whatever I was planning on doing. I continue working. I hang out with my friend. I like take a nap. Like almost anything is better than like falling prey to those thoughts and those that way of thinking. And this definitely took a long time. I, I would say this place I'm at now where I say, nope, not worth it. Not going there. That's like brand new. I feel like this mindset has happened over the last three months, honestly, but I've been working on it for three years. And I'd say now I'm at this place where I'm like, I'm just too tired, like too tired to think about <laughs> all of that stuff. And it's like so weird because even in, in the holidays of last year around December and Thanksgiving, I was having these, oh, body image thoughts and they would cloud up my day and I would use my, my job as a way to talk about it and release the shame. So I didn't deal with it as much, but I feel like I'm not really dealing with it that much anymore. Like I'm just, bleh, you know, like just this, just all of that as such a turnoff, that whole world of dieting and fitness and this and that. And I can call yeah. out BS so fast now on myself and on other people that yeah. it's, it's just, it's now just stuff taking up space in my mind and that's it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it is a waste of time, right? And once you really realize this and you're like, God, I don't ever want to go back. Um, it's just amazing. Like the facts are I'll never end up marrying a person who doesn't have my beliefs. So yeah. if, if like, you know, this is a different side of the coin. Normally it comes from needing control is the dieting stuff, but let's just pretend like part of the reason is you want to feel worthy or accepted or loved by the, uh, like a partner. So I'll never have a partner that believes like thin is better than fat or weight loss equals admiration, recognition, or, um, you're a, you have more discipline if you diet, like I'll never be with someone like that. So check, I don't need to do that for a partner. Um, next on the list is I know controlling my food will never lead to controlling my life period ever that's the last way to control anything in your life is to control your weight so knowing that check i don't need to worry about trying to get control out of it i also know that dieting creates more stress in my life i don't want stress so check i'm not going to do that because i don't want stress in my life like just knowing my future and the kind of life i want brings so much clarity so it's way easier to not fall into those 
patterns and those habits when you know your future, you don't want that stuff. So why would you do it right now if you don't want it in your future? It's the same way. It's the same thing about like, why would you date someone you can't see yourself being with down the line? Like, don't, don't date that person there. It's, it's wasting your time. You could be with someone else. It's kind of, you know, unless you're like really, really, really enjoying the present moment with this person. If you have no other reason besides that, and you really don't see a future with this guy or girl, whatever, then, you know, like maybe you're better spent, your time is better spent with someone else or doing something else. Same thing with your relationship with food. Yeah. And it's all in the end about self-worth, right? How, how much are you respecting yourself and your beliefs and your desires and, you know, what, what you want for yourself? And if you, if you constantly focus on, okay, I'm going to try to control this or try to do this, um, because it feels overwhelming or it feels scary. Um, but really, I don't, I want something completely else. You're not really respecting yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And I think that, you know, self-worth, I mean, you know, in the end, really what we try to achieve when we die, it is to feel worthy, right? To feel like, um, we're actually valuable human beings. And, um, it's not, never going to be achieved by mm-hmm. dieting. Just never, ever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Where do you think it comes from? Where do you think that feeling, that sense of worthiness really comes from? I think it's knowing yourself and it's, it, it, it is a self-respect in the end, right? It's knowing yourself, knowing what do I actually want? Who am I? And, you know, you always figure this out, right? There's no, like, in this moment, I know exactly who I am. But you begin to, to see... um what do I actually like? Like for me, when I started to recover, I had no idea who I was and what I liked because I was just so focused on dieting and binging and feeling ashamed that I had no clue what, what do I like? What would I like to do? Um, what are my interests? So I started writing a lot and I started figuring it out. And so explore, right? What, what is it you would like to do? Do you like to travel? Do you want to have a family? Um, are you in the right job? You know, is your job just completely wrong for you? What, what are some hobbies that you, that you like or people you want to be around with, want to surround yourself with and really just get to know that. And then it's all about unlearning. I think I found that it's mm-hmm. like we're being told so many things, right? Who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. Um, we're supposed to have children. We're supposed to get married. We're supposed to stay in the place we grew up. We're supposed to go to college. We're supposed to do this and that. And women are supposed to have a job now. Um, so stay at home, stay at home moms are shamed. So all these things that we're being told, it's, it's about unlearning what others tell you and really figuring out, you know, your own voice, beginning to listen to your own voice. And the same is true for, you know, when it comes to dieting and then people telling you this is what you should do and that is what you should do and this is what you should eat and that is when you should eat and how much you're supposed to eat. Beginning to say, all right, do I actually believe this? Is is this working for me, for my body, for my life? Or is it just something that I've always been told? That all of that, it's it's really a process of getting to your core. And then I think it's it's about standing in yourself. And just saying, right, I mean, this is my core. This is what I believe. And it's okay. It's all right, right? This is not something wrong. This is not something that um, is up for debate too, right, right now, because this is, these are my thoughts and my beliefs. And, you know, either take it or not. And I think really sometimes you have to be this harsh because there are going to be people around you who are going to tell you that you're wrong and that you're, you know, you, you're, I mean, so many people have told me that, I should not talk about my struggles with food because it's going to backfire in the end. And (laughs) (laughs) yes, I should not be open about this. And I was like, no, yeah. I mean, it's German culture, right? It's like this. You don't talk about it. Mm. (laughs) Be silent. And I was like, no, I want to talk about this because this is important. This is really, really important. So, you know, back then when I started to recover, um, they told me you're going to have an employer and they're not going to like it. So if the employer doesn't like it, then I don't want to work for this person. Mm. And, you know, it's really about be- being that brave and standing up for yourself. Um, and also just, I mean, there's so many things we do to avoid being who we are. Like not just food, right? Like you just mentioned dating, sex, shopping, spending a lot of money, worrying about money all the time. Um, so these things that 
we do to avoid really standing in ourselves because we're scared of who we are and of being rejected and being shamed. Um, so it's unlearning, building self-confidence, and then just saying, this is me. Take it or leave it, right? Um, if you're not part of, of the people who like this person, then I don't want you to be in my life. Um, and for me, that has resulted in losing a lot of people and letting go of a lot of people in my life. But it's just been so healing. Obviously, it's been painful, but it's also been for myself and my my ego or my self-worth. It's been just pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. That is something that I think can really, really, really resonate with a lot of people listening to this, especially a lot of my clients have had this like come to me being like, there's this friend. You know, like it always starts with there's this friend. And and by the end of the time, it's like we come to the conclusion together that this friend is not a friend, does not need to be in your, they do not need to be in your life and they're not benefiting you and they're holding you back and you deserve better. And it's almost like the people I talk to think they don't. And that's what breaks my heart because they think like they deserve this or, well, this person just really, really, really like feel strongly about this or they just really, really like me. So they treat me this way because we're really good friends. And no, that's not how you need to be treated. <laughs> this question is kind of unrelated. I mean, I guess it's related a little bit, but I want to know you, do you consider yourself to be a decisive person? Do you think you're decisive? Are you decisive? Uh, I'm just really interested. Interesting. So I, I don't think I've ever really been <laughs> decisive. I was more scared, so I did things that way. Um, but I've grown into being decisive, right? I think as a mom, you kind of have to learn to be and just, you know, be quick on your feet <laughs> in a way. Um, and I do still struggle with making decisions. I do still struggle with saying, all right, this is what I believe in. I'm sorry, that's my son. It's okay. It's so cute. I love it. He's like... He wants, he wants his auntie to come back. Um, so I still am, especially when it comes to the business and the coaching, right? I'm, I'm not, not in the coaching, but in how to move my, my practice fo- forward. I still struggle because this is something that is so, I mean, it just comes from my heart and my soul, right? And it's like, ah, am I making the right decisions here? Mm. But in general, I try to just make a decision to make a decision and be like, okay, this is what feels right in this moment. I listen to my body and then I go with it. And there's always, I mean, there's never a decision really that you can't reverse, right? And that you can't um, take another turn if it doesn't really feel that right a little bit down the line. So, but quite interesting that you asked this because one of the most difficult (laughs) decisions I had to make was find a name for my son. And if I found it the hardest decision ever, and I really freaked out about this because I was like, if I don't like this name, right, in, in, in three years, he's going to be stuck with it for the rest of, of his life. And so that for me was the hardest decision. And so sometimes when I freak out about, I don't know, if I should make this decision right away or if I should think about it more, um, I'm, I go back to this and I say, well, you know, I can always always reverse it. It's not like I'm naming, naming another child. So, but it is, I think making decisions was, was hard for me. And I learned to just trust myself. Again, it's about self-respect and self-trust to take myself seriously enough to actually just make a decision and then go with it. Mm-hmm. What's your son's name? I mean, now I just have to know. <laughs> it's Johan. Johan. Yes. That is so cute and original. I love it. Thank you. So decisiveness is something that has come up a lot for me on my travels. Like I'm really realizing that everyday decisions, moderate decisions freak me out and I'm hard with them. Like big decisions, no problem. I know it with my gut fast. I'm going to get my first tattoo and it's going to be right on my arm where everyone can see it. Okay. Like I'm... Uh I'm going to pick up and move to a different city like tomorrow. Okay. Like I've done that. And I've like trans when I was in college, I just applied to a different school halfway in my college experience and got in and immediately decided that day. Yep. I'm going. And I told everyone I I left and I skipped my uh, senior year of school of, of high school. I was like, nah, I don't want to do it. So I quickly did all my credits and I left for college 
two weeks later. Uh-huh. Like, you know, I don't care about, there's so many things where I don't even care to think about the other side. Cause I'm like, this feels right. Big decisions. But then little things like, should I get this salad or this salad? <laughs> or should I stay with this friend tonight? Or should I hang out with them in two nights? Like those things can literally take me all day and it's awful. And it's just something I'm trying to learn how to speed up because even when I make decisions, I wonder, was that the wrong choice? Like, would the falafel have been better than the pita wrap? Like, what? What do I do? Like, it's just never these silly, moderate questions. Like, they really don't make me a different person. They really won't change the course of my life. Mm. They are hard for me. And traveling has brought that up a lot because I have to make decisions. Do I leave for this country on the first or the second? Or do I stay in this hostel or in this guest house? Or do I meet this person for coffee? Or do I not meet this person for coffee? Like, it's just pretty simple things. But I have to make decisions every dang day. Like, it never ends. And when I'm in the comfort of my home, Uh, I make the same kind of decisions every day and like they're Mm -hmm. not that hard. I kind of just go with routine, but like being out here has just been a totally different ball game and it can be really exhausting. So I'm just, I'm just so curious, like from, from people like yourself, how you get about with these moderate decisions, but it sounds like for you, it, it comes a little bit easier or you've learned over the years, like not to care so much about these smaller things. And I think, I mean, it's, it's now that you say that, I mean, I, you know, I do have my routines, right? So I do think you have a point in that I don't have to make the small decisions every single day, right? So you do what you do most of the time, right? You just have your routine and you do the same stuff every day and you eat kind of like the same breakfast and you eat kind mm-hmm. of like the same dinner in a way because it's easy and it's fast, right? So, um, but yeah. I can see how that is a little bit exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's what it is. It comes down to not having a routine. I think you nailed it. I think it's just not having a routine can be exhausting because you have no expectations or you you don't know how things are going to go. So I think learning to be routineless is a very important art. And this, of course, can go back to food and body image because for a lot of people, take away your meal plan, you panic. Take away your exercise routine – or like how many sets you're doing of this, or if you're a dancer or you are a yogi, like take away all of that and you don't have your routine anymore and you just have to see how you feel on a moment to moment basis with your intuition. Like what? That is so scary. But the more you do it, the more accustomed you get to to doing it and you realize like don't take everything so seriously. Like it's not a big deal. Like just make a decision, stick with it, do it, and like stand by it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not like – you can't have a pita next the next day, right? You when you ha- had a falafel. Yeah, you ha- have a falafel, have a pita later. There you go. Like <laughs> get one to go, and you can have it for dinner. Like easy. exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Um. Last but not least, before we head over to a quick fire round, I just wanted to tell you that on your blog you have you have poems about recovery, and I think that's I think that's just so beautiful. How how long have you been writing poetry for, or been inspired to write poetry with with food and body stuff sure um it just comes up sometimes and it just flows it's like i said i started writing when i started recovery and i had always liked to express myself but then it stopped right because i was focused on food and so when i began writing again and journaling it really it was so much i had to say about this right and i just i write every day and sometimes it just that's what comes out, right? Sometimes it's a blog post. Sometimes it's a Facebook post. Um, sometimes it's an email. Sometimes it's poems. I don't try to force it. Actually, it's quite funny you say that. I don't really think I'm that good at it, but sometimes I'm like, you know, just posting it. And um, it just helps me to, to sometimes go back and heal a part of me that might still be hurting because there is still stuff in the past, right, where, where I'm like, oh, God, this is coming up over and over and over again. So I'm going to figure out what's going on by writing about it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, you know, that's, that's what happens. Or often when I talk with a client and we have this conversation and then afterwards I'm like, this is just what I'm thinking about um, because of her struggle, because of what she's going on through right now. 
And um, so completely different things. But I think that just because I write every day, sometimes this just quote unquote happens. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah, I love it. I I think poetry is just such a interesting thing to me because it's just there's no I mean, with all art, there's no right or wrong. But I think poetry is the next level of not having any kind of basis for critiquing like you j- I just yeah. don't think like you can. I think that's what's fun about writing poetry is just it is what it is. It's whatever comes out and that's your art. And you don't really – there's no point to me to go back and nitpick everything because it's already pretty abstract and it really is about your emotions. So I love it. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. So um, sure before we <laughs> before we head on over to the quick fire round – before we head to the quick fire round, can you tell us what your uh, where people can find you online, where they can connect with you? All right, um, I'm sorry about my son. Really, um, he usually never wakes up this early. Um, so that you can find me over at anasophie.us. That's a n n e s o p h i e dot us. And you know, I have a great Facebook group called Escape Diet Prison, where we have many beautiful women who are on this journey of wanting to make peace with food. So if you want to join the group, then please just search for Escape Diet Prison on Facebook and join us over there. But really all my information is on my website. And, um, you know, if you want to know more about my work and what I do, just go there. Oh, perfect. And I will make sure I have all of the links to those things on the show notes for this. If everyone just heads on over to Maddie Moon, you'll find her links there. Um, so quick fire round time. I know you've got to go because you have an adorable son to tend to. So I'll just ask you a few <laughs> of these. Uh, first one, currently, what is your favorite meal? Oh, my! I think my favorite meal is oatmeal. Mm, <laughs> Seriously, oatmeal. I'm a breakfast person and I, I, could, I could eat oatmeal five times a day. Um, really simple, really quick, really easy. And my son and I actually always share because he likes it so much too. So yeah, mm-hmm. oatmeal. <laughs> what is your favorite German meal? So if I come to Germany, what do I have to have? Spätzle. Spätzle. Exactly. Um, it's kind of like noodles, but way better. Mm. Uh, yeah. And do you have very thick gravy on top of that? Oh yeah. Okay. What is a must read book? Um, oh, good question. I think Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. Mm, you know, I've wanted to read that for so long, and I think I would love it because, like, my I have a program called Scripture, Food, and Healing, and it combines yeah. Christianity with, you know, scripture and body image. And uh, yeah. I think it's just very similar to the work she does, so I'll have to check that out. Do it. What are two right. material things you cannot live without? My... My iPhone and my MacBook. <laughs> Those are good. Those are good basics. I think you're on the right track. I mean, they can help you do everything. So, Absolutely. Um, what is a future dream you're working towards? Oh, I want to ta- speak more on, you know, stages, I think. I want to have more women in a room um, because I think there's just something magical about doing it like in person Mm. and you know with the podcast that I do and the webinars and all that I do have a crowd of women but I I want them to be in one room um, and I want us to pick up on the energy that we can that we all have and you know pick each other up lift each other up Um, so that's one of the things that I really really want to do more of Mm, I love it that's so amazing Mm -hmm. last question I'll ask you what's your favorite way to unwind at the end of a long day (laughs) I love it I really love American TV. And so for me, it's like sometimes I'll have a Campari um, because that's my favorite. Like it makes me feel very naughty and it makes me feel <laughs> like I, I live in the South in a way. Like I, I live in a tropical island or something and I'm just going to watch whatever. Um, right now, you know, I, lo- I love Game of Thrones, obviously. So that, that was the last series that I watched. But just any kind of good American TV um, because in Germany, I don't watch German TV. It's just, Oh God. But um, you have some good, good program programming and some great series. So I like, I like to, to do that at night. What is a Campari? Is that what you said? The drink is? Yeah. Oh, that's a drink. That's like, it's a really red 
like really, really red drink, and it's made out. It's I don't even know how to explain that in English. So but like it's really, wine or no? No, it's no, it's no, it's it's more. Um, it's it's like it's really bitter. Um, and you either drink it with a little bit of soda, or you have it with orange juice. Hmm. So it's like a liquor or something, but it's it's really good. People okay. don't really like it because it's very bitter, but it's like, mm, I love it. Mm, I'll look it up. Sounds good. Yeah. So thank you so much, Anne Sophie, for coming on the podcast. I'm glad that we got to make this happen, and. I just love your work. So everyone has to just head on over to your website and listen to your podcast and get all the goodies that you have to provide. So thank you for coming on. And I just look forward to building this relationship and talking with you again in the future. Thank you so, so much. And can I just say how big of an inspiration you are and, you know, all the great work you're doing out there and sharing your voice and sharing your wisdom um, it's just incredible. And so thank you for, for doing that, right. For helping so many women. Oh, thank you. That is so sweet. My pleasure. Thank <laughs> you. So everyone make sure you head on over to uh, the website to get all of her links and check out the show notes while you're there. Scripture food healing has opened, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast. So you can check out scripture food and healing while the doors are still open and the early price is still going on. I would love to see all of y'all there. If you have any questions, please let me know. And if you haven't yet downloaded your free guide, 10 Proven Steps for Ending Any Diet Obsession, you can get that on there. Pretty soon, I will be changing that free gift. So if you haven't downloaded it yet and you want to get it, make sure that you download that book while it's still up. And I will see you guys next week. 